What's up, everyone, and welcome to Roots of Humanity, a podcast that celebrates the beautiful people and culture of our world. My name is Drew Binsky. I'm a world traveler and content creator who has spent the past 12 years traveling to all 197 countries in the world. In today's podcast, Sarah Omar, a passionate traveler and TV host, shares what it was like to host me in her homeland of Saudi Arabia, my 197th and final country. It made it so special to me having you in Saudi. Sarah will be the first to tell you that Saudi is not what you think, and she's here to show you the side of it that the media doesn't want you to see. Not only is it extremely safe, but the rapidly growing tourism sector is the most impressive and sustainable thing in the world. In just a couple of years, Saudi went from being one of the hardest countries to visit to opening up the gates with new tourist visas and hotel resorts everywhere. Sarah shares her mission to encourage more women to travel solo, an idea that is brand new for Saudi Arabia. I have seen the change happening within the young females because a lot of them were just too scared. Even still, Saudi is not as male dominant as it once was, and Sarah is a prime example of this. Women have empowered themselves in the workplace and have gained freedom to drive a car, something that Sarah is still learning. I invite you to tune in for practical tips on how to respect different cultures as a traveler, how to sleep in the desert like the Bedouin tribes, and how to eat delicious dates the Saudi way. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get into it. Sarah, what's going on? Hello. Oh my God, man. It's been a while. Yeah, I think I was in Saudi like, what, 10 months ago? Yes, almost a year. Don't you miss Saudi? Yeah, I miss Saudi. I miss the hospitality. I miss the food. I miss Jazan. <laughs> Every time I think about Saudi, I automatically think about Jazan. So that, that place, like, really, I felt something there, you know? That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think that that was my last country. I mean, wow. It's just, like, such an honor. I love the, the fact that it was last, your last country. I love that. It, it made it so special to me having you in Saudi. What's been going on? Life is good. You're traveling a lot. I know. I've been traveling like crazy. I, I was gone for the, the, the past one month and a half, maybe. I was in Europe. I've been to Italy, Spain, uh, France, and then Slovenia, Croatia, and ended with Zanzibar. With your family, with your kids? <laughs> I had my kids for the first 10 days, then my husband for the next two weeks, and then I went volunteering in Zanzibar for one week. That's pretty cool. I'm heading to Europe in a few days, actually. Really? So you're... I'm flying into Milan, and then I'm going to... We're driving through Switzerland to Prague, me and Deanna and the dog, and then we're going to Turkey to meet my parents, and then we're going to... Budapest and then driving to Berlin and then Copenhagen and Sweden with my grandparents. <laughs> oh, wow, that's amazing. So you have an entire list ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My grandparents are in their mid 80s and they've never been to Europe. So I'm flying them to Europe. Oh, that's amazing. And you're going to do a road trip there. That is wonderful. Yeah, road trip. And then I'll be mostly in Prague for the summer. So come visit. Oh, yes. You're just nearby. I'll jump anytime. Yeah. Just let me know. <laughs> I want to chat about Saudi Arabia because that was my last country. Um, it, it's a fascinating place and, and that's kind of the topic of this conversation. So tell me about where your parents and grandparents and great grandparents came from, if you know. <laughs> my great great grandparents. Amazing. Uh, so I'm, I'm from Jeddah. I was born in Mecca. Uh, my family is from Mecca as well. And they moved uh, to Jeddah when I was one year, uh, one year old. And I've been living in Jeddah ever since. Uh, Jeddah is, is, to me, is very special because 
It has a lot mm-hmm. of different backgrounds. You know, people have been coming to, to, to Mecca for pilgrimage and uh, they left an impact here. So you can see how it's, right. how Judah is like um, um, uh, a part of like so many cultures and people coming from all around the world just to, to go to Mecca. So Jeddah was the base for them. You can see that food is different. You can see like food from Uzbekistan, from Egypt, from all around the world influenced uh, the food in Jeddah. So it became part of it. So Jeddah is still a special place for me, but I've been running all around Saudi lately and seeing man is different. It's amazing that in Saudi, they underestimate the size of Saudi and you can actually see how different it is if you go to, to the north. You've been there. You've noticed that, I guess. Like if you go to the east, to the west, it's different to the north, to the south. It's, it's completely different. Yeah, totally. It's a big country. And just for context, Jeddah is not far from Mecca, right? How far is it by car? Uh, 45 minutes. Yeah. So it's just like right there, which is why it's such a diverse place. We were saying Indian food, Uzbek food, uh, Yemeni food, because a lot of those people came for pilgrimage and they just never left. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it be- and all these dishes became like traditional dishes in Jeddah for the Hijaz region, not just Jeddah, but like right. Jeddah, Mecca, Medina, all of it. So can you can you trace your ancestry back even before your grandparents? Like, are they all from Saudi or do you know, do you have any clue of where your roots come from? My roots come from Hadramaut. Oh, Hadramaut, Yemen. We talked about that. Yes, and yeah. that's my father's side. I'm from my mother's side. My roots goes all the way back to Afghanistan. Oh my God. You just hit two close places to my heart. So Hadramaut is a is a province of Yemen. It's in the southeastern part of the country. It's, it's very, very beautiful. And I, I traveled all throughout Hadramaut. And uh, that's where you can find those uh, farmers, uh, women farmers with the witch hats. Yes. Have you seen them? Yes. I've, I've seen a lot of uh, like if videos. You... I, wish, I wish I could go there. Yeah, I know. It's a tough one politically for you to visit. So that's a fascinating place of Yemen. And then Afghanistan, as you know, is one of my favorite countries in the world. And it's right now it's kind of off limits, but hopefully things will die down there. Yeah. Not literally, but you know, without the war. <laughs> um, so Saudi Arabia, it's a melting pot of cultures. It's a, it's a big country. I think it's one of the top like 15 largest countries in the world by area. It's a huge, huge piece of land. Let's talk about, you know, the average tourist who wants to visit there. So in 2019 or 2020, Saudi became open. Do you know what year it was? 2018. Before 2018, Saudi Arabia was one of the hardest visas to get for American, for many other countries. It's always been like the hardest, the hardest. That's why I saved it to the end. And then COVID happened, so I wasn't able to go until 2021. But Saudi Arabia has been so closed for so long. What happened? Like, why did they open? Is it a change of government? Is it a change of thoughts? Like, what happened that Saudi is like, oh, we need to have tourists? Um, I I can't really tell what happened exactly, but uh, I think like with the vision of 2030, this has to be part of it. We wanted to include the entire world um, on this big uh, change, like a wave of change. And it has to be part of it, you know. And when they decided to open, before that, we never actually had a tourist visa. Uh, We only had the business visa or, or the pilgrimage visa. But they decided, you know what, mm-hmm. let's do that as part of the of the change that is happening in Saudi right now. And it's becoming very open to, to everyone. There isn't, to be honest, because there was nothing to, to, to hide. There was absolutely nothing to hide. But the landscape, the infrastructure was, I don't think was that ready 
for everyone or for the tourists. So they've been working so hard on that in the past two years. Um, even when I was traveling, it's insane. I felt like I was having a FOMO and I wanted to come back and see and witness <laughs> the change that is happening within my country. And it happened really fast, unexpectedly. It was mind-blowing, to be honest, like the, the amount of change that happened within two years is, is just unbelievable. And it keeps changing and keeps working so hard on that sector. Like they wanted people to come and see their, they wanted people to come and meet Saudis and meet the locals and know what the country is all about. Yeah, it's, it is pretty mind blowing to think about how far Saudi Arabia has come in just a couple of years. And obviously it's really technologically advanced. So you guys have the infrastructure to build. I mean, you guys are building a whole city from scratch called Neom and you were trying to have like a million people live there in the next 10 years or something. Yes. I mean, it's crazy. It's not even a city. I would call it a country because like, man, it's huge. It's the size of Belgium. So basically it's, it's going to be an entire country within a country and it's going to have like six different cities and the project that is are happening in Saudi, like entire, like they have six giga projects that are happening in Saudi and they're huge and and they're working so fast to finish them as soon as possible because you know we started having a lot of tourists coming uh, i'm seeing the change that is uh, happening right now like all these like hotels suddenly resorts um streets projects it's crazy it's supposed to be the most uh sustainable city in the world or country in the world yes it's pretty cool yes yes yeah next time you come to saudi i have to take it in him i wish i had the chance to do so because it's amazing if you can come back after five years, for example, to see the difference. It's mind-blowing. Next time I come to Saudi, we go uh, to Abkha, and I want to see more of that southern region. And then we do, I don't know, the east sounds really boring. Like Damam, it's going to be like Bahrain, and Bahrain is so boring. <laughs> so I can't imagine it's that exciting. Is it exciting in Damam or? In, in Damam, it's it's mainly because, you know, the Aramco and the, the, the oil field are there. But right. there are other yep. areas that yep. are very impressive, to be honest, in the um, in the eastern province. Like if you go see yeah. see Etra, that big um, museum, it explains all about the oil, for example. And they mm -hmm. have a very nice uh, beach and coastal line, but not as good as Jeddah. Right. We, we did so many cool things in those 10 days or 12 days, like. What, that felt like a dream, honestly. Yeah, what was your favorite part? I mean, I don't know. Alula was really cool, I, of course. For someone who's never been there, it's hard to, you know, shut it down, the, how amazing it was, you know, with the rock formations. For anybody listening, it's kind of like Petra in Jordan, but it's just way more uh, ancient tombs and it's a larger area and it's just not as touristy, so it's beautiful. Yeah. I, I really liked the Bedouin experience the second night. The first night, we couldn't really find real Bedouins. They were like fake Bedouins, but then we found the real ones. That must have been cool for you too, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. You have no idea because I always wanted to experience that for real. I know we do a lot of things like that, very similar to that with my uh, with my family. And uh, every once in a while, we go ju just like in the middle of the desert and put an entire setup and just stay there for a week or two. But I never had the chance to meet like real Bedouins in the middle of the desert randomly, you know? And I was so surprised because they were so welcoming. Um, to be honest, and in, in general, I, I did not expect that as a female, you know, going there in the middle of, of, of the desert and everyone, like all men, I cannot see uh, a single female there. And they were very excited uh, having me, even though I'm not that, they're usually very conservative. And you see, I'm, I'm not wearing hijab or covering my face. So usually the Bedouin, even the ladies are very conservative. But I, when I went there and 
they were mm-hmm. so welcoming and come join us, sit with us, have dinner. It was mind blowing. It's so it was amazing, man. I felt really, really happy. I've done Bedouin experiences in many other countries, and that was one of my favorites. It was just. I remember when they were praying on top of the sand dunes and then they sacrificed the sheep like right in front of me and then we all ate it together and then in the next morning like they called me over for breakfast ne- next to the camel herder guy and then he was just telling me stories man that was just so cool yeah and you did that and, really and cool. it's amazing you did that i was i was just sleeping you know <laughs> and you went there and they mm. don't speak even english but you for some somehow you you guys got along and it went well by the way my videos in saudi have started to pop on youtube it took a while but the mecca video the, the mecca one is the most viral one the one i did with Abdul, oh, really? where i skyped him really yeah, it's like just about a million views on YouTube. And then a lot of the other ones have picked up a lot since I posted them. So I'm happy about Saudi Arabia and I can't wait and to, to go back. And to be honest, I'm, I'm so proud of you because you did it th- you did that uh in, a, in the most respectful way ever a lot of people gave me really good feedback yes, on yes. That. so yeah. that was that was amazing the way how you thought about it it was like the b- brilliant um idea and a lot of people appreciated that because you know a lot of people somehow can can sneak in and go there and yeah, it's it's disrespectful so what you did was uh very much appreciated i love you for that <laughs> i absolutely do Thank you. Thank you. So I have to ask you, you brought it up a little earlier about being female and, you know, even the Bedouin is mostly male dominated, but Saudi in general is still mostly dominated and uh, male dominated. And I'm going to just make an estimate that 98 or 99% of females cover their hair every day. Is that correct? I'm not really sure about the percentage, but it's not a female dominated place anymore. To be honest, it started around 10 years ago. They started encouraging females to actually go to work, go work here and go work there. We've never had that before. I will tell you about myself. For example, 10 years ago, I was just Mm -hmm. a housewife and I absolutely loved it. And I thought it was, that's it for me, you know? Um, I'm just going to travel around with with my husband whenever we can. And then I'm back home, um, taking my kids to school, coming back, having lunch, having dinner, and that's it. And I did not even think about um, any work potentials uh, I did not know myself other than being a housewife and then it started after like again 10 years ago females started working a little bit um, after King Abdullah started encouraging the females to go and work so it was for me something new something different going to the supermarket and finding a female on the cashier was exciting you had no idea i was like oh i'm so proud of you every time i meet a female in in a restaurant or a supermarket i was like oh my god i'm so proud of you that's amazing we have a female in in, at the cashier you know it was something new for us um and he encouraged that and he was like always say hey to all the females i am your father i am your brother i am here to support you and i want females to actually go and and find a dream and start working and uh from there it started gradually and that was my first time actually building a company and starting and i was like yeah yeah i should be doing something why not and now i have two companies and i'm doing really well for example now like in pepsico the ceo is a female and uh, most of the uh big but, uh, like the biggest banks here in Saudi, you can find a lot of them uh, females. And it just spread so fast. You never, 
we never knew how much we could do or we could offer our, or uh, for example, we didn't know that we had the potentials to actually do something. And now it's amazing how we walk by and see like females everywhere. They're like empowering women in so many different ways, um, even in, in sports, not just in work and so many different fields. And I think it's great that we reached to this level after like being quiet for so long, you know. That was really well said. Thank you for all of that. Because people people wonder about women's rights. And, you know, you, you drive. When did you get your license? More than a year ago, actually. Yeah, like right when I came. Yeah, I love driving because this part, for some reason, I don't know, but it feels to me it's very powering to be able to drive around and listen to music and just enjoy the roads, uh, especially doing road trips. But it was also fun having someone to drive around or having my husband to, to take me around and drive me around just because he can do the parking for me. I remember when we were driving and you were so scared like to go around, around the roundabouts. Yeah, because it was, it was actually my, like when you came, I was just started driving it was like my third yeah. time or something yeah. like that because i only drove around the neighborhood and never actually went to the main road i was pretty scared to be honest behind the, when you were behind the wheel <laughs> <laughs> tell me more about your jobs so you have two companies yes. uh 88 destinations is one yes. right so that is a it's a tour agency so if anybody's interested to go to saudi drop sarah a line <laughs> on instagram or somewhere and then she can hook you up with some tourists uh, for some uh, awesome activities, like custom tailored yes. tours. What is the other company? The other company called El Makan, which is an outbound tour operator. And that, that, that when mm. I started that company, it was 2017. I, I, and, and I have seen the change happening within the young females because a lot of them were just too scared because you know Saudi is a family oriented kind of place and if you wanted to travel we would travel mm. with the husband and, and our kids or the uh, my father or parents and your siblings so we never had the chance to actually like travel alone even if we had the opportunity to do so we're just too scared to do that so my mission uh when i started in 2017 is actually to encourage all the young females to actually travel and open a new doors for them, opening new windows, new doors. So I've seen that change. At the beginning, I could not sell anything. I could not, <laughs> could not do anything at all because they were like, it, it was a crazy idea of traveling in a group with people you don't know to a country with different activities because the classic way of traveling, it was just go to a European destination, for example, a five-star hotel, the best restaurant, shopping and come back. You never get to see the locals or do anything. So what I put is in El Bakan and my company is doing some local authentic experiences. So at the beginning, I had zero, zero people interested in. And just the next year, I had my first trip when I announced uh, and I had like overbooked on that trip. And I was so excited. I didn't know what happened. But now it just very easy to see females hey yes i'm gonna join this group and i'm traveling back then i used to convince their parents like literally for a certain point i had to call the parents hey my name is sarah this is my company's license number just to comfort them and send videos and pictures just to make them feel comfortable that i have their daughter with me for for example and she was like 30 or 35 years old it did, it did not matter they were just too scared but now it's just completely different and that's only from 2017 till now you know that's like Four years or five years, I've seen that change within the company itself and, and the young females now. It's just amazing. You are amazing. 
Thank you. <laughs> By the way, what time is it for you right now? It's almost 1 a.m. You're a champion. It's, one, it's 3 p.m. for me, so I'm wide awake. As I recall, you don't sleep. Yes, I don't sleep much. And <laughs> I sleep four to five hours, maybe max. Sometimes I can survive with three hours of sleep. When I was there, you were sleeping like two hours a day. I was. We would get home at like three and you, you'd be ready at 6 a.m. I'm like, are you like superwoman? What's going on? Yes, yes. I work a lot. That's why. And I drink a lot of coffee. Oh, the best coffee. The yellow coffee. The yellow Saudi coffee. Yes, it's becoming very popular. You have no idea. Like a lot of tourists are loving it. And they go home with like a lot of coffee with them and dates. Oh, dates. I want to talk about dates. I want to have a three minute conversation about dates because they're so good. And they come from Saudi. There's so many date trees in Saudi, like mil millions and millions. Even in Alula alone, it's an oasis and there's just dates everywhere. And I don't know the story, but I think Prophet Muhammad used to eat a date to break the fast of Ramadan. So every time, like all the Islamic countries of the world, they all love dates because of Muhammad. And even here in California, like they have, they grow dates, but I'm like, you guys have no idea like what a real date tastes like in Saudi Arabia. It's the best tasting is it a fruit? No, it's not a fruit. It is. It is a fruit. It, it fr it's considered a fruit. Yeah. For anyone who's not never had a date, it's kind of like a big raisin. It's very sweet, and it yes. has that like texture of a raisin, and it's just it's like a bigger one. And there's a seed in the middle that you ch that, that, that that kind of like you can't swallow it, or you're gonna grow, you're gonna poop <laughs> out raisins. Um, but uh, but no, I, I just think that dates are so good, and I just wanted to share some love uh, for the date culture of Saudi because it's everywhere, like every market, every supermarket, every street vendor, not everyone, but you can just find dates everywhere. And there's, there's like hundreds of kinds of dates. Yes, over 200, I think. And every region is specialized in a certain type of, of dates. But there is no way you would go to a mini market or a supermarket or even a teeny tiny shop, like, you know, grocery shop, and you're going to find dates. It's, a, it's an essential. So it, it has to be there. We just love it so much. Did you see the story I made in Ramadan in that town in Michigan? It's okay if you didn't see it. But there, there's a Muslim... Uh, yeah. majority town in america yeah. yes and uh, yes and you went there uh you were fasting as well i think yeah i was fasting <laughs> yep so there's a city called hamtramck and it's like 60 percent muslim in michigan and and i went to the supermarket to buy some uh, food for iftar and there was a huge date section and i looked at the back of all the boxes and they all said saudi arabia and i was like <laughs> ah man this is the good shit <laughs> most of my viewers are american and they think very badly of Saudi just for whatever reason, 9-11 or political. I don't know. You, you name it, they think badly. So talk about what it's like to actually live in Saudi Arabia. Is it safe? Is it scary? Is it fun? Well, uh, to be honest, I don't blame anyone. First of all, I don't blame anyone for whatever the media put out there for them about Saudi Arabia because I totally understand. And we get a lot of tourists. And recently I've been hearing a lot of things, a lot of different things. So many reasons for them not to visit Saudi or their friends or family try talking to them out of it, you know. Don't go there. It's a scary place. It's this, it's that. It's not safe. And what I love the most after I started 88 Destination is that I can see the change in their eyes. Man, you had no idea. Uh, we get all kinds of questions. And there is no stupid question because they start with like, hey, I know I have a question, but it's so stupid. And I go, no, 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 no. 
tell me, is, is, is wearing jeans haram? They're, they're going to take me if I was wearing jeans. Uh, do I have to put on my abaya right now? Do I have to cover my face? Like the minute they leave the airport, they ask all these kind of questions because they are scared. And I don't blame them for that, to be honest. The media did not do well when it comes to Saudi. But yeah, it is a safe place and they have seen the change. And now it's an opportunity for everyone to come to Saudi to actually see by themselves how we live. Uh, meet the people. It's a super safe place. Even if for me, if I walk down the street at 2 a.m., I know for sure no one will stop me or no one would actually like take my phone or no, not, no pickpocketing, no nothing. It's, it's not what they expected. Even just a simple thing for us, for example, if I go to a cafe and I had a tourist with me and, and they go inside and it's like, oh my God, you have this kind of coffee. This is speciality coffee. Girls are here. Uh, oh, girls can smoke. Uh, she's not wearing a abaya, she's not wearing a scarf. So they see this without me talking about it, you know. I don't have to say that because I see it in their eyes and I see their reactions. And even uh, they go deeper and deeper within the country because they usually stay for seven or eight days. So they become very comfortable with the country. They become very comfortable with the locals. Um, for example, a lot of people want to take pictures, videos, and they're just a little bit scared. Oh, is that okay? Is that not okay? No, it's actually fine. Unless you want to take a portrait, you would ask someone, which is normal right. any, anywhere around the world. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it is It is a super safe place. Basically, what I call it, it's just like a country had a big door on it. And just like any other country in the world, we work, we go to schools, we go to colleges, and we have everything we've ever wanted, except it's a dry country. For, for a lot of tourists, it's a big issue. But it's like um, a country, like any other country around the world, it just had a big gate and it was locked. And now they just simply mm -hmm. opened that door to come and see. But we never had uh, that much struggle or that it, it was never that scary you know, these kind of places where you are, for example, just like going to Africa, this is what they have in mind, going to this very poor country, scary place, all these kind of things. And then they come here and it's very surprisingly different. And, and there are cities that are well developed and there are small villages and small towns that are different from these big cities, which is normal. For me as a traveler, I've seen that all around the world. I'm excited, to be honest, for everyone to actually come and see. It's a safe place that I would love for everyone to come and actually explore it on their own. And let me know. <laughs> Gosh, you're making me want to go back to Saudi so bad right now. It's crazy. <laughs> you promised me. Um, you promised me a second I, visit. I, I'm coming back. Yes. Oh, don't you worry. I, I, there's a lot more places I want to see in that country. You did mention just now that it's a dry country. So for people that don't know what that means, that means that it is forbidden to buy or consume or, or have any alcoholic beverages. I, I heard that that's changing in Alula specifically. They're going to have bars. Is that true? I haven't heard about that yet, but I think there will be some sort of change very, um, I don't know, in a limited way, just like Dubai, for example. You don't see it everywhere, yeah. but you see it in hotels. Maybe that's a plan. But for now, to some extent, a lot of people don't want to come for that specific reason. But a lot of travelers are coming not for that you know with alcohol or without alcohol it's uh, still a destination is a mystery to everyone and they want to come and just explore and see it since it's open yeah i mean nobody goes to saudi arabia and is looking to like party all night that's not our our mission i mean you know i'm going to prague in a few days like i'm definitely looking to enjoy the nightlife and have a beer but like 
Yeah, there's a time and a place for everything. And, and one of the biggest things I try to tell people through my videos is that you always have to respect the local culture. Just because you drink a lot doesn't mean that you need to bring it to them because you are just a visitor in their country and they have their own laws and rules and regulations. So you got to always respect that, yeah. which is very important to me. Yeah, um, I agree. If somebody is coming to Saudi Arabia for the first time, I want you to tell them what are the three places they must go and what are the three dishes that they must try? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Alula is a must, Jeddah is a must, and I think Riyadh um, to Hayal to Kasim area, that is a must because they're three totally um, completely different, and maybe the south as well. Because I don't know, Saudi's really big, <laughs> and everywhere you go, it's just different. But I think these three would be like if you go from a place to another, it will be different, and you will notice the difference. Alula. I love, oh man, you cannot say that. Just please, I can't do forget it. it. <laughs> forget uh, it. I've been trying for a year now. Alula, <laughs> can you say it? You sometimes you get it right. By the way, I'll give you a point for that. Say it one more time. Can you do it? Alula. 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 Oh man, I don't have those vocal cords in my in my mouth. Um, okay, and then the three dishes. What do people need to try? You need to try mendi, which is the, the mm -hmm. typical Saudi dish, rice and, uh, and meat. Uh, you need to try, let me give you something from Jiddo. Uh, shakshuka. Shakshuka. You like shakshuka, don't you? <laughs> you need to uh, remember. Explain what it is. Uh, the shakshuka is uh, chopped onion and chopped um, uh, tomato. And then they add eggs on it with a lot of spices. So that's, mm -hmm. that's a really good one. I, I like the masub. You remember the masoub, the one yeah, with the masoub. banana? The, the dessert. Ooh. Oh, my God. Yes, that was a good masoub. <laughs> masoub. I don't it's like cereal. It's like cereal on top of bananas, on top of uh, cream. What is it? Yeah, what is masoub? It's made of bread, uh, bread, bananas, uh, cream, uh, honey, and uh, a little bit like uh, cheese on the top with sometimes they put cereals on the top as well to make it a bit crunchy. Yeah. That sounds like... I'm going to get really fat, but yeah, it's it's delicious. Masoub. Okay, you have the jirish. Jirish is very similar to rice, but not actually made of rice, but something similar to that. And they put some uh, onion, kind of like caramelized onion on top of it. It's really good. Mm, what about for beverage? If you remember the name, I'll give you credit for that. <laughs> remember that bread um, juice kind of thing? Oh, yeah, the bread juice. What's it called? God, I can't remember. What's it called? Can you remind Subia. me? Subia. Subia. Oh, my God. I, how did I forget that? <laughs> the whole time in, in the car, we were like driving to find Subia. Damn. <laughs> yes, Subia. I am fully inspired to go back to Saudi Arabia. This whole conversation, I've been just like putting myself back there. And it's oh, it's just such a beautiful place. And, and, I, and I hope that this conversation inspires more people to go. And if you do want to go, then message 88 destinations on Instagram. Or what's your personal Instagram called? Sara Omar Travels. Sara, S-A-R-A, Omar, O-M-A-R, and then Travels. Yes. Um, Sarah, you're wonderful. Is there any, any final words, any words of wisdom you want to tell people? Words of wisdom? <laughs> no, but I actually encourage everyone to come and visit Saudi and see the people, meet the locals. Don't let anything stop you and don't let anyone stop you. Trust me, it's, as a traveler, I would advise you to come and explore Saudi for real. Thank you so much. You're wonderful. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.
Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast episode. If you feel inspired by this conversation, please share it with somebody who would enjoy listening. And if you're here for the first time, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to leave a review. Every week, I'm going to be looking through them and highlighting my favorite one. And with that all being said, I will see you guys next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.